What's up, everybody? I haven't done one of these in a really long time. I had one episode a while ago about the situation in Israel, and I have been meaning to get back to it. I had this whole plan laid out with the script about a short history recap to kind of explain how we got to the position we're in, and figured I'd go from there with more current events. But after the abhorrent events of the day, I feel like uh, I feel like I have to talk about it a little bit here. So today, October 7th, um, in Israel, at 6.30 in the morning, we were all awoken to the sound of sirens and a full-blown missile attack. Thousands, thousands and thousands of missiles. Hamas is saying that they shot 5,000 missiles. The Israelis, as far as I can tell so far, have been saying it's around 2,200 or over 2,200. But at that point, it doesn't really matter. It makes no difference what the exact number is. The rocket launches were all over the country, the south, the center, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, Ramat Sharon, Erzelia. It was, they got everywhere. Hulon, Rishon, they got pretty damn far. Towns near the Gaza Strip were bombarded. The people that live there have 15 seconds from the time the siren goes off to get to their, to get to their one safe room, to their bomb shelter, if they have one, before before the missiles hit. Within two hours of the initial rocket launch attack, a 70-year-old woman and a four-year-old boy were killed. There were several injured, and as the day went on, it just got more and more insane. Now, this isn't a typical standard rocket launch event the way we're used to in this country, where, you know, there are a few rockets or a lot of rockets, you go to your bomb shelter... But that's it. In this event, terrorists, armed terrorists, actually managed to infiltrate Israel. They crossed the border by land, by sea, on foot, in the air, all of the above. They, they pulled down the border wall, the border fence between the Gaza Strip and Israel. They came in by sea. There's potential reports of also coming in by air. That part's unclear yet. Nothing is clear quite yet, or at least they're not saying anything for certain just yet. What we know is that several units of these RPG-carrying terrorists that were armed with all sorts of weapons made it into Israel. They had pickup trucks, and they just went crazy. They took over several towns burned people's homes, tried to get into their bomb shelters, killed people. There are bodies on the ground all over the place. They took over a police station. There was a shootout there. They took over two military bases. They took over... From initial reports, it was 21. I don't know if that's the exact number, but 21 or 18 or a dozen, doesn't even matter, towns. They just came in there, started shooting people, kidnapping people, executing people, setting their homes on fire. Setting the homes on fire while the people are locked, while the people are in there. They locked themselves in their fortified bomb shelter. And the decision had to be, are we going to suffocate in here? from fumes and get burned alive or 
do we venture out and get shot and killed? That's the choice that people had today. There was a music festival going on. It's kind of like a mini, mini, ultra mini version of uh, Burning Man out in the desert. I think there were about three to 4,000 people out there. They had to take cover in the middle of nowhere from the rocket launches. And after the rocket launches, they ran to their cars and tried to get out of there and found themselves surrounded and being shot at by an every, from every direction by these armed terrorists. And eventually they all just ditched their cars and started running in any direction that they could randomly in the desert and hiding behind bushes and trying to just be quiet and not get shot. And then, you know, there were thousands of them at first and they kind of split up and then there were hundreds and then there were just dozens in each little group and some people were just off on their own. And it's, it's hot. And these people were out in the desert walking, no water, like four or five hours, and no help was in sight. There were so many attacks from so many directions. The security cabinet, which makes the decisions, this is the governmental entity that meets up immediately, supposedly, when there's an emergency. They didn't convene until 1 p.m. Okay, this started at 6.30 in the morning. The monumental failure of intelligence and of operations and of everything you can possibly imagine that led to this unimaginable bloodshed. Like, as of now, we know that there are at least a hundred dead and a thousand injured. Probably a hell, hell of a lot more. Not just lightly injured. Some of them are severely injured. Some of them are fatally injured. This has never happened ever in the history of the country. Such an infiltration is not something Israel has ever, ever allowed to happen. Now, if you're following along, then you know that Israel's current government is, well, there's really, there are really no words to describe how awful it is, how incompetent, how extreme, how it's trying to destroy democracy, how it has no interest in any checks and balances, how it just wants unlimited power for itself. But what we now know for sure, which no one can pretend is not the case, is that they will try and get that at any cost. They don't give a shit about Israel. They don't give a shit about the lives of citizens here. They don't give a shit about anyone. They just want more power and more money in their own pockets. And that is all. That is all. Their actions led to this. They made this happen. They let this happen. They ignored all the warnings coming from the security forces, coming from the military. They refused to meet with Israel's military chief of staff, who has been warning about this, about the military not being prepared, about all of this awful, awful scenarios, the explicit warning signs, and the explicit warnings, not just signs, the actual warnings have been there for months, if not more, and they just ignored it all. In the coming days, I suppose, we'll learn really about the uh, magnitude of this event, how many actual injuries, how many actual people dead, how many actual buildings were hurt that they're tr still trying to keep a wrap on and not let us in on. At this point in time, the fighting is not over. It's not done. It's not over. People are still trapped in towns. The towns that were in infiltrated, mostly closer to the Gaza border, they're still under attack and they're still they're still under siege 
armed terrorists have been just executing people and kidnapping people, burning houses, burning houses while people were in them, in their, in their fortified bomb shelter. This is unheard of. This is, I really have no words to describe this. And worst of all, there have been pleas on television, on all the stations, on the radio, on the phone, over WhatsApp, and all the other messaging apps from people in these towns begging someone to come help them, and no one has come. It has been so many hours, and they are on their own. Help eventually did show up. It was definitely far too late for some, but some were rescued. There's no doubt the massive delays, hours-long waiting under siege, the ineptitude, the lack of preparedness, lack of readiness, the failure of intelligence, all of that will be discussed at length, and I'm sure a lot of fingers will be pointed and probably in the wrong directions. The last Palestinian report I saw said that there were 53 people that had been kidnapped. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the figure they gave. It's insane. I don't want to think about what they must be going through. Authorities already decided that tomorrow there's no school for anywhere up to 80 kilometers from the Gaza Strip. Now, Israel is a tiny, tiny place, so 80 kilometers is encompasses a whole lot of a whole lot of towns, a whole lot of people, a whole lot of kids. Today's events are just they're just unbelievable. They're just horrifying. There are no words. <laughs>